We're all, hey, you know, we're all fractured. You want to know how I know? We all got cracks in our rear end, dog. (laughs) (laughs) God made us all fractured, bro. We all broken people, man, just trying to make it through, you know? I I love that. I I, I will have to use use that. that. You're more than welcome (laughs) to use that, bro. And and I'll make sure to quote quote Chase, Chase Mitchell was the inspiration. <laughs> uh, you can't, you, if you're gonna quote me, you gotta then double quote. You gotta quote my pappy buddy. My pappy is who uh, always taught me that. Man. So Chase Mitchell's pappy. <laughs> the intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to be back and excited for another episode here on Bar Conversations. Thanks for sticking with us as uh, we took a little vacation uh, from the podcast and our social media, but we're back. Like I said, refreshed. Got a great episode for you this week as we talk with Chase Mitchell, who's had quite the career starting when he was a little bit younger than he is now. And it's a great story. You'll have to hear that. And for tasting notes, we talk with Eric Tennyson about low ABV options and cocktails because sometimes we want to behave ourselves. I said sometimes. <laughs> and don't forget to check us out at hopspirits.com and all of our social media at hopspirits so you don't miss anything because we're brand new all week with the Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast, this podcast, neat mixed reviews, and of course our happy hour Q&A and so much more. So don't miss any of it. But like I said, up next is Tasting Notes. Cheers. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Back again here on Tasting Notes. He uh, gave us a little bit of knowledge to be a little bit healthier with those cocktails in January. And now we're looking at some low ABV options because there's a lot of those on the market now, whether that's the uh, whiskey alternatives or, you know, those spirit alternatives, or or maybe you just want to find a way to not have that cocktail come in at like 80 proof. He's part of the first ever Hodling & Co. cocktail company, currently heads up the iconic San Francisco Whiskey Institution, Rye, and he's with us again. Welcome back, Eric Tennyson. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me today. Uh, yeah, thanks for, for coming back. And you know, like we did previously, we talked a little bit about those healthier ingredients or healthy options to, to kind of get those get us through our New Year's resolution so we're not breaking too many, many things. And I feel like this kind of piggybacks that, and that is that low AB, low ABV cocktails uh, that you can have that also might let you uh, have a little bit more fun a little bit longer throughout a night. Yeah, um, I definitely find myself leaning into that a little bit more and more as as time goes on, Um, you know, so I think like doing things like last time we talked a bit about like highballs and I think that's, you know, one way of kind of like toning down the amount of spirit that you put in to like a highball, which is soda is a huge way I think of like cutting back on, on that and it's not really... I don't know. Like most of the time when people are like, it's all or nothing, I think in this game, but like doing things a little bit more in moderation, um, I think it's big. So yeah, like going, like using half the amount in your whiskey highball that you normally would like, or half the amount of like, I was talking about gin and soda, like doing that. Um, another big thing for me is like using bitter, bitter and sodas. Like, so I drink Negronis kind of all the time. But, you know, if I don't really feel like drinking all that much, like like a Campari and soda or like the Luxardo bitter and soda, I think is another really good one. You get a lot of flavor. You really feel like you're drinking when you're not drinking. You know, I think it's 
I yeah, you know, or you're at least not drinking as much. I mean, the the ABV on those is like 20 to 30. And again, you don't need as much to really feel like, you know, you're you're like actually having a satisfying drink. I mean, again, just a little citrus peel in that is like great, you know. Um, but uh yeah, I mean the other thing too is sherry. I, I drink sherry a lot. So like if I want to have a martini, but I don't really feel like feeling the effects of a martini and I drink martinis kind of all the time, but like having something that's like, you know, like a bamboo cocktail is really good. So, you know, that's like giving you like a base of like Fino Sherry or Mandania and like putting that with dry vermouth. And I like to have that with like an olive and a citrus peel. Um, another one would be like the Adonis. So kind of like a Manhattan but with usually with like Amatiato. Um Luxardo just came out with this really cool vermouth that I've enjoyed playing with in Manhattans a lot. And I had a red Manhattan on my Christmas menu at Rye that did really well. But doing an Adonis with it, so doing Amatiato bitters and that in a classic kind of Manhattan build, I think it's just incredibly satisfying. You know, plop in your good like maraschino cherry on top of that and you're ready to go. Um I think that's like two kind of options and and again with like the highballs and like keeping your drinks long you know and, and when you're not trying to drink as much and you're trying to go low abv i think is huge the more like just shape volume that you have the longer you're gonna hold on to it you know think about a martini when it's in like one of those like four ounce glasses and you like pop it back because you need to drink it when it's like still cold and next thing you know you had three you know it's just i don't know you think of that old like Dorothy Parker quote. It's like you know martinis. Like what is it? It's like I have I'm uh, I'm blanking on it now. But it's like <laughs> one one is not enough. Two is too many. That's like kind of like the old deal. But she's got another one where it's it rhymes, and in the end is like the you know one is like I'm under like three. I'm on the floor, and four I'm under the host. It's yeah. <laughs> she's a nice boozy girl. But yeah, sorry, I'm blanking on the actual quote. It, it, it's a okay, and and but it goes back to kind of what we've ta- we've talked about now a little bit is the moderation and being willing to maybe either substitute mm-hmm. uh, an ingredient for something lower or cut back on it. And I also want to ask because you're starting to see these a lot more, and and I'm starting to see these more in bars now too. Is the 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 non alcoholic spirits that are that are coming on there that are the alternative. Is I guess what they have to say to to be to be legal at, at times, but how do you play with those maybe as well if if you're willing to to dabble in those? I, mean, I think a lot of times those are geared towards a particular spirit. Um, I worked at Trick Dog for a while here in San Francisco. It's one of the more famous cocktail bars and like in the city, and you know to a certain extent, like the owner there is uh, he's you know, been sober for over 20 years, I think at this point. So there's like, it's a big part of like their menu. And if you're going to use something like, um, you know, that's like a cane spirit, use it in place of rum. And like, you know, there's like, you know, like there's like a liar's dark cane, which I thought was really good. There's like the seed lip, like does like one, like a gin kind of based one. That's really good. And you kind of swap things out in, in that regard and you use them in that way. Um, it's like the aromatics on that like cane spirit are kind of similar to a lot of rums. And so they're very satisfying in that sense. 
Um, the thing about him though too, and and at Trick Dog as well, is just like you know that drink is still you know sixteen dollars plus the surcharges and the taxes and everything. It's and that spirit a lot of times is like more expensive than the rum. I mean, like in the production that it's made. So it's I think that's one thing on like the consumer market that they're not like really grasping as much. But that cost that bottle is like thirty bucks and it's seven fifty. It's like I don't pay that much for rum. Like it's about <laughs> double what I would pay for a quality of rum to mix with, you know. So yeah, it's I think it's it, it's an emerging market. It's a challenging one and yeah, but we'll we'll see where it goes. It's definitely right now I'm seeing a lot of like no ABV menus even for the month of January as people do dry January and dry July and sober October seem like a new one and yeah. So uh, gotta love those alliterations right <laughs> yeah, yeah keep it witty yeah. <laughs> well well eric I, I appreciate you keeping it witty and and kind of telling us a few different drinks to use and maybe how to switch out a few different uh spirits for maybe a liqueur or something that that could play nice and and let us have a little bit more fun as we go through 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 the year and and uh maybe not wake up uh as unhappy as we would <laughs> <laughs> exactly hangovers are just not quite as easy to deal with now as they used to be i just turned 43 like last week and it's it gets harder and harder so yeah i don't know i have a vested interest in drinking more responsibly put it that way yeah. i like it and, and i appreciate you passing along that knowledge <laughs> all right thanks a lot jonathan thank you for having me man it's a pleasure check out hops and spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our conversation, he's been in the music business just a little while. Uh, he's had quite the journey. He's working on his debut country album, Chase Your Purpose. He's got a, a single out right now called Backroad and another one coming soon. Let's welcome in Chase Mitchell. What's going on, Jonathan? Not much, not much. I appreciate you hopping on, and I can't wait to talk a little bit about about your life and just what seems to be a, a, a fun, crazy journey. But before we even get into that, this is called Bar Conversations. I've I'm drinking a little bourbon tonight. I got a little Monk's Road out of out of Kentucky. Uh, what what do you got? I got some Reposado tequila. Nice. I got some organic because you know strawberry daiquiris is coming out, so I figured I'd get some organic strawberry daiquiri mix. But yeah, dude, let's let's mix it up, man. I like it. I like it. Now, is tequila your kind of go-to choice, or do you mix it up depending on your mood? What, what? How does that work? So how I started drinking tequila these last probably year and a half or two, uh, started kind of realizing, man, I'm getting older. I gotta work it. I gotta I gotta kind of start keeping in check because I love me some bourbon, barbecue, beer, heavy beer, like the all the above. But I, I was tuned into a podcast that Joe Rogan had done uh, about, I guess, why all these – this is going to sound like corny, but like why all these celebrities kind of like The Rock and Nick Jonas and Post Malone, all these uh, celebrities have kind of tuned into the tequila world. And apparently tequila is the only glycemic or like kind of some kind of sugar that it's processed out of that your body can naturally rid so it kind of goes hand in hand, I guess, for, I mean, if the, the, the quote unquote healthier of the options, it's like right? The healthier. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy into that. And so, yeah, when I want me a cocktail, I definitely, I pour me some nice tequila, man. And 
I've not looked back. <laughs> no, I, 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 I kid you not. We, we were up at a, a restaurant the other day and they actually had the calorie intake on the beer. And I, I'd been kind of behaving myself in January, you, you know, not drinking too much. And I looked at that and I went, well, no wonder I've been packing on Cause I love like sours, like fruited sours, all sorts of, sh- that, that bad boy was like 340 calories. I was like, well, no oh, wonder man. if I have two or three of those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I like some, uh, some, uh, voodoo ranger, some like, mm. uh, juicy force. Yep. Yeah, man. Now, but now yeah, do you, have only, a, you can only do a couple of those every now and again these days. Yeah, especially if you if you want to stay stay in shape these days. Yeah. Now, now I've noticed too in the morning. I think you like a good coffee as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I like. I'm. I'm a. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Like if I'm trying to slam some just like super fried bacon and some over easy eggs, I want some donut shop coffee. But if I'm like like some fruit, some French toast, I might want me like an espresso or something. My wife is who who I have to blame for that because she's all about. She's a coffee snob. I'm totally not, man. I grew up on a farm with my dad who drank it black as tar. And sometimes he'd even take day old coffee because it was just that much stronger and heat it up and go to town. man. So I'm total, I'm not a coffee snob, but my wife is. <laughs> I was going to say my wife, I got her not this past Christmas, Christmas before a coffee grinder. And she's loving getting into the different beans, all that, going to the coffee shop, learning all that. I can't stand the flavor of coffee. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, these days, though, with people being more aware of like the coffee industry, this is what I really had my wife to think about. And my like brother-in-law and sister, because that's who got her in it. That's who gave her the bug is you start learning about all these coffees from around the world and you start seeing which brands that you should really kind of support from that aspect. Because just like oil, I mean, it's crazy to say, but just like oil or gold or anything like that, fossil fuels, like how they are producing coffee around the world has a dramatic effect on people's lives. So there are brands to support out there. So uh, I'm all for that, at least that, that much I'll, I'll definitely say I'll be a coffee, uh, coffee snob for it. Hey, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. And you, you talk about having, you know, interesting things. Uh, you, you're a dad, you got two, two kids under the age of 10. How, how's that, that going for you? <laughs> I need all the coffee, brother. I'm sure, I'm sure you can, can relate to that. No, man, I love it. Uh, it, it's it, these last. So my oldest is nine, and my youngest is just turned five this past uh, October. And so they're kind of getting into this phase now where their personalities are just like really blossoming, and that's been like the coolest thing to experience. You know, see them go from kind of that kitty phase where they can do no wrong, uh, everything they say is cute, to like really developing into like their own interests, uh, like gymnastics. Like one right now, my youngest wants to be in uh, ballet. My oldest wants to be in gymnastics. Uh, so seeing all that play out, you know, is just wild. It's so cool. I, I was going to say, I've, I've got a four-year-old uh, daughter just turned four in October as well. And we just got back from dance right right before this. And, and uh, nice. yeah, it's 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 wild. We took her to the ballet uh, uh, around Christmas time for uh, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. She was so into it. There was, like, a couple little kids behind her. You know, mom trying to keep two little kids wrangled up, like, you know, it's not going to be quiet. She kind of turned around and went, shh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I'm a sewer of the arts, man. I love so, it. I love it. You know, kids are, are interesting. I, I, I will say that. They they make life life fun. And, 
And uh, you know how we were talking right before we went on. She plays soccer, and I've had some friends come out. They're like, "How is that?" I'm like, "You just got to come watch." And I'm like, "It's the greatest entertainment to watch four year olds trying to chase a ball. They might have a tail. They might pick up a blade of grass, start chasing each other with it. It's it's pure gold for an hour. It's it's like herding ducks. I've been there, brother. (laughs) This last year, my uh, youngest and oldest were playing soccer, and and it's massively different. Those few years of what they learn." One is like literally herding ducks, and then they're starting to kind of on the other end figure out, you know, oh, the ball goes, the ball goes in the goal. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of a sport to this. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for those days because I'm curious if, if it'll ever come for mine. Don't blink, uh, bro. I'm telling you, it'll go by like that, and and yes, they'll they'll be here sooner <laughs> than you know. I was gonna ask you this because you know I, I see it on your your social media. Obviously, we were talking about your, your kids and, and, and everything. How important is, is family to you? Uh, that's right up there with, like, breathing, you know? Uh, that I mean, it, I, I've spent the last few years traveling so much trying to accomplish, like, like daddy's goals, right? And uh, the more I've been doing that, the more I'm encouraged to do it. But at the same time, I realize just how precious time is with your kids, you know? It's fleeting. Uh, and especially coming off of these last few years where so many people have lost, I mean, people they never thought they could have seen losing just because of whatever uh, has been going on. And, you know, I mean, my wife has lost a few people near and dear to her. And it's like these last few years, I feel like it's really important to pay attention to that and to be present when you got a chance, you know. And on the flip side, how important it is to chase your dream? Because, again, life's life's just that short. Well, and and you're able to to do do both right right now, and you know you're also being able to share that journey with with a lot of folks, whether that's a day in your life or just some pictures of your family having fun, being goofy. What is it like that to to share that out there there with folks? It's weird. So I used to like want to keep like a cover over on that because I don't know. I just felt like it was that personal, you know. Uh, social media has been something. I've done music my whole life, so social media, in a sense, is something that. I've had to kind of learn to adapt to uh, while still trying to be a songwriter or an artist or a performer. Um, and I was never that inclined to want to be that, you know, uh, I guess open, like, you know, my, my day-to-day life, my family, how I do my, my day and, and who my kids are and all that. But the more that I started realizing that um, the more positive you can put out there and the more open you can be, there's more people that truly want to, uh, take an interest in like, you know, what you do. And, and nowadays, if you want to sell songs and you want to kind of have an ability to have fans to want to take an interest in you, you got to be willing to be uh, bold enough is kind of what I, I realized, you know, and also honest enough. Uh, because you got to think about it. If you're sharing your life every single day, you have to live a certain way, you know, that is uh, that's acceptable and that's promotable. And, uh, you know, I, I realized it was, it, it was something that would keep me more honest. And so I was like, you know what, for that, I'm all for it. Like, hundred percent. Um, I would love nothing more than to be able to like let people more in on my life. And the more that people started messaging me kind of like encouraged by it is what kind of like took me off guard because I'm going to be honest, man, like there was a point in time and maybe that's why I had such a, like a, uh, kind of hesitation, if you will, to get into social media like that, where I wasn't always living my life in a way that I was super proud of. Right. Uh, and so, the more that I figured that part out, the more I felt proud to kind of maybe step into that side of things. And so I'm just glad that like 
it was a, a fight that I won that I feel like, and that a message I was able to get out of that has resonated with enough people where they're like, we want to see more of this because it's helping me like overcome something that I'm struggling with or something that I'm not proud of or something I don't want to talk about. And so it's like, man, that's my calling. Like at the, at the end of the day, I mean, I was like, there it is, you know? I was going to say, it becomes relatable. People realize everyone is the same, no matter if they're looking at the stage or on, on the stage, that, that there is a lot more similarities between us all. 100%, man. We're all, hey, you know, we're all fractured. You want to know how I know? We all got cracks in our rear end, dog. <laughs> God made us all fractured, bro. We all broken people, man, just trying to make it through, you know? I, I love that. I, I, I hey, will have to use, use that. that. You're more than welcome to use that, buddy. And and I'll make sure to quote quote Chase, Chase Mitchell was the inspiration. <laughs> uh, you can't, you, if you're gonna quote me, you gotta then double quote. You gotta quote my pappy buddy. My pappy <laughs> is who uh, always taught me that man. So Chase Mitchell's pappy. <laughs> so yes, I love yes, it. yes. <laughs> See, it all goes back to that that family. Now, where where did the music come in and in, into play? Because I mean, I know we'll we'll talk about this kind of uh, along the way here. You know, getting signed at age nine things like that. So you've had a love for music pretty much all your, all your life, I'm guessing. So music. So my family has a Welsh background and what I came to find out kind of as a young man is, uh, the original singers or the whistlers or the melody hummers of the world were of Welsh descent. And I would always ask my pappy, like, why do I love music so much? Like why? Cause you're whistling all the time. He, it, he whistled like he, like he would breathe. Uh, but he could not sing for the life of him. <laughs> and so he was, that's when he kind of sat me down and explained kind of, uh, you know, all of that. And it was fascinating. So I kind of leaned into that as a young man. Um, I always just had a knack for when my friends were like off playing like basketball or getting really good at baseball and learning all the positions. I was in my room figuring out the VMAs that Michael Jackson did the moonwalk on. You know, it was just a mass difference. Like that just took to me early, early on. And so when I got an opportunity super young, I mean, it's crazy because like we said, my, my oldest is nine, about to be 10 this August. And that's when I signed my first record deal, you know, and, and the world was just, it was just different. And so I, I quickly got launched into some cool stuff early on, but it would just go to show how long it takes. Like if, if, if you really want music to be your life, you got to be a student of the game and you got to be willing to, you know, uh, learn constantly and just grow with it however long it takes and we got to do some really cool stuff when i was in the boy band that i got signed to and uh maurice star was who had put it all together i was uh that he's i don't know if you're familiar with maurice but he did like new kids on the block menudo new edition he was like the original uh lou perlman if you will like the before nsync and backstreet that was like that guy so and i didn't know that at you know nine i had no clue yeah. man you know but uh my family were like man this is this is crazy this is a cool opportunity and so we went for it and I will never regret it because it taught me so much. Uh, and it kind of led me, it just opened up the pathway to kind of having a chance to make music a potential career for me. Um, and yeah, I could, I could go on and on with all the stories, uh, from those days, but, uh, it's wild, man. I was going to say, I mean, getting signed at, at nine, you know, 10, you were the youngest of that group. I mean, what was it like? Because obviously in the end that, that didn't, Take, take off like everyone would have hoped but i mean you still got to perform with some pretty cool people and do some cool stuff yeah i mean we it, yeah uh we opened for outcast destiny's child 
vitamin C. I don't. I know some of the demographics could be maybe not. Hey, we. You'd be surprised. I. You're talking. We're not far off in age, and a lot of us (laughs) listen to a lot of those things on the radio. (laughs) It's. It was wild, and and uh, yeah, to see it just kind of come from that perspective. uh, It's just. It's so cool to think about, and and honestly, it's like kind of like what I have to thank for the foundation, because as I would pivot, like as the other dudes started to do their own thing, you know, I would find my way to Nashville. And if I hadn't have had like those few years of really touring and understanding and kind of getting a glimpse behind the curtain, I wouldn't have known how to like navigate that next phase. Uh, And so it would eventually lead me to now, not to say that it was like, it wasn't just like, oh, I want to get out of pop and I want to go into country music because Nashville doesn't work like that at all. Um, you know, we thought, oh, we had a few connections or, you know, we had some stuff going on with Radio Disney or whatever. And it's like, nah, dude, Nashville doesn't work like that. You're going to have to walk up and down Music Row, pitch your demos, get showcased, like do all these things to try to see if you have a fit, you know, for what they might need. Uh, and after a few years of doing that, it took literally like three years of walking up and down. My mom would take me because at the time I still couldn't drive. I was still just like, 14, 15, then 16. So she would take me up. I was growing up in Atlanta at the time. So it was only like about three hours away, but still it was, it was a steady commitment. Um, and I would just go up and down. And then finally, after about two and a half years, I would kind of get a big break, um, getting signed with Buddy Lee Attractions. And uh, my agent would end up being Tony Conway, who was the CEO of the company at the time, which was wild because he just saw something early on that I guess no one else really saw. Um, and it was probably just because I just kept stuffing showcase invites. <laughs> he's like, if I, he's never going to stop. <laughs> like, how do we get this to stop? All right, I get it. We'll work with him. All right. Uh, but I mean, uh, for those that probably don't know the listeners, you know, he's, he's who helped like Garth Brooks launch and Jason Aldi, and Blake Shelton. And, I mean, uh, he's worked with Willie Nelson, George Jones. I mean, you name it. Like he is, he's, he's just that guy. So when that happened, I realized like after all of this, like in these ups and downs, like that was my little like God sign, like, hey, man, I want you to do this, you know, but you got to keep working because if someone like him, this is how I always looked at it. Uh, And I've had moments like that throughout my career where it's like, you know, you get down and you start to overthink it. But you're like, well, if this is going on, then all right, I'm going to pay attention to the good and block out the the bad. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you you put in the work. I mean, literally walking up and down music row. It's a little different nowadays. You can't kind of exactly do that uh, no, as easily. Like <laughs> like, COVID, you can't do that. Don't touch our door. <laughs> but I mean, like, what was it that determination to to you know literally do that? Because I mean, one, like you said, you, it's not like you were driving yourself up there. Your, right. your family was still behind you. I mean, between them and then your determination, that that says a lot. I think what it was is so early on when that was happening, when you experience moments of early on, like kind of finding like your true purpose, right? I mean, as a father, and I'm a father, like, like, I think the reason why I had the support early on and the continuation of it is there's nothing more fulfilling when you see your kid feel like they're on fire for something, you know, like, 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 oh my God, they found their, their calling. And, you know, there's glimpses of it that I've seen in my kids and it's like so flooring, And so I know when my parents were probably looking at it and they saw that lightning in my bones, like, and how determined I was, like, I was able to separate at a young age, play from business, you know, and, and, and I wanted to, and I, and I was so focused and 
I just can't help but to imagine if, if I were to maybe see my kids find something like that earlier, I would do anything I could to lean into that. Um, and yeah, it's, it is wild. It is, it is wild, man. You know, like when you find your calling early on and what's really wild is when you find it, but it takes so long, you know, it's a journey, you know, uh, that you have to just kind of surrender completely to the process. Um, because at the end of the day, who cares about the destination, right? You know, um, it, it really is about the journey. Well, and I was going to say the journey for you has been, been a wild one. I mean, I feel like if we're looking at the, the linear picture, we're still only at like age, you know, 16, 17, 18. And, uh, you know, so like you then kind of took a break in your early twenties and then came back to it all. So what's, what's this been like for you? It's been a wild ride because I'm having to learn. Oh, my, Marley, quit it. Here, let me see what she's barking at real quick. I was like, what the heck is she barking at? So, uh, so the journey from coming from basically this time off where I was like, you know what? I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to figure out how to, you know, go from being basically Marley, quit it. Come on. <laughs> Ruining the flow. Marley, quit. Uh, basically being able to go from trying to envision this like life where I was going to sell cars or insurance or uh, and not that there's anything wrong with anything like that. I was just figuring, you know, as a father, doing this thing my whole life, I just want to reinvent myself. Uh, you know, I just want to figure out how I go forward. And the truth is, is after doing that for a few years, I just started to realize I was not living like in sync with my purpose. Like, you know, and I think that that is what dawned on me when I started realizing that I want to come back to music was, you know, I can try to run essentially with a logo or just music or just kind of push how people are. But the biggest thing that I've tried doing essentially is trying to incorporate the whole purpose movement, chase your purpose, because it literally like in many ways saved my life coming back to something that was, just what I was on fire for and what I, where I truly feel like God had, had, had made me for, um, you know, and I feel like there's so many people out there that are kind of caught in this, like just matrix that aren't in tune with that. And, and they're wondering why they're, you know, more often than not, maybe down or, or, or not able to see the good and everything. And it's because once you get in tune with your purpose, I feel like it, the whole world opens up to you. Well, and and for you, it's opening up into the world of country music. I mean, is that what you grew up on? I mean, you, you, you did pop music, you did some other things. So has that always been something that you've always kind of had in your back pocket? Well, country music has been something that I've always had a love for. I mean, I grew up basic. I was born in Charleston, West Virginia, which is like the birthplace of that mountain music, that old school, the even polka, uh, if you will, from my, my roots in Pittsburgh, to then growing up in Atlanta which was a whole different, you know, uh, kind of conundrum of things. But the truth is, is at the same time when my mom would clean the house when I was growing up, she'd throw on some Stevie Wonder or even Vanilla Ice, dude. I remember, I remember it was the wildest thing ever. I saw her take off her vinyl because she had a little like vinyl thing at her house. Like this is early nineties and I was born in 89 and took it off and put on Ice Ice Baby. And when I saw her literally drop the needle, dude, my whole my whole world changed, dude, right then and there. I was just like, what in the world is happening right now? Uh, and so, I mean, that was the first song I ever even learned to sing lyric for lyric was that. 
was because it just it it had ingrained itself into my subconscious. So the the balance of what I always heard from my grandparents, my mom, my dad, to then just kind of uh, my sister, step by step, step by step, ooh, like that was everything was being played in my house. So that's kind of my my blessing and a curse these days. Is when you listen to my brand of country music, you don't know what you're getting. And it's not a bad thing. I, I was going to ask you because you you know I'm from from West Virginia originally. I grew up near 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 Pittsburgh. So ended up going to school down in, in Beckley and Princeton, and now I'm in Kentucky. West Virginia and Atlanta are two vastly different things. <laughs> Bro, hundred percent, hundred percent. One, you've got. Uh, I guess you could say Brad Paisley or John Denver, you know. Uh, and then on the other hand, you got Outkast and Jeezy, you know. It's it's parallel opposites. But that's what I love about it is it's so polar opposite that it can it can make for something pretty cool. Well, and at the end of the day, it's all all about the story you're able to tell and share. And good music, no matter the genre, cuts through. Oh, <laughs> I hope so. I hope people tune in and, and like it. You know what I'm learning, though, is us misfits are starting to finally have a fit in country music. Well, and, and I was going to say, you're, you're working on some some music, but you're also out on tour. You know, we talked we talked about, you know, our our daughters doing dance, gymnastics, things like that. You're, you're out on a cheer tour right now. Uh, what's, how did that come about, and how much fun is that for you? Oh, man, it's, it's wild. So... The, the cheerleading world, uh, oddly enough, so how I met my manager back in the day, right? This is kind of like a sidebar story, but essentially my sister was, uh, a comp- for those that don't know much about the competition cheerleading world, it's it's much different than your like rec football or like high school football cheerleading world. These are like straight up athletes. I mean, they got like Netflix movies about it these days, uh, like Bring It On and all that. And so my sister was in that world a lot. And she cheered for the Atlanta Jayhawks. And so they would rehearse all the time and practice in this gym, which Maurice, who I would end up getting into the boy band with, he would rent out the gym at night. So when the cheerleaders and the the gymnasts weren't using the gym, they would be practicing with whatever boy bands he was developing uh, there in the gym. And so being so drawn to that world, I would just sit there and like, watch and just beg mom no 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 can we stay just for like 15 more minutes I, this is just amazing i want to see what they're doing uh and so that would lead to all these things so it's just wild to think that like essentially that phase of life you know via like my sister and all that stuff would then come full circle for me so that these days uh i was able to partner up with an amazing company called deep south spirit that is like the premier, like they run the largest entertainment uh, or I guess you could say productions of these events for cheerleaders uh, all over the East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. I mean, all over the country, like they are the premier one. And they've been awesome to bring me uh, along for the award ceremonies to do a few songs and kind of preach the message of what it means to chase your purpose, whether it's in athletics, music or whatever studies. Uh, and so where we've kind of been able to align which again, it's just like a God thing, you know, at the end of the day, like it's just, it's, it's so cool how that can work out, you know, in the end. Uh, but I've been, I've been so blessed to be able to be a part of it. This last one we did in Tupelo, Mississippi, I couldn't hear for like 48 hours, man. <laughs> the screaming was so loud. Uh, even my kids, 
who came on stage for one of the songs and, and passed out some uh, uh, like volleyball, beach ball stuff. Um, they were like, Dad, oh my gosh, our ears are ringing. I was like, I know. It's amazing, though. Well, and, and you've got your kind of debut country single, single um, Back Road Out. Can you talk a little bit about the meaning behind it How it, and, and the the hope you had with with it? Yeah, so Back Road basically is kind of like, at a glance, it's like a love letter to maybe an old town that you grew up in where you fell in love for the first time. But where it started, where Danny and I, Danny Rader and I, who have been super blessed to work with for the last couple of years, is our vision for it was we, were, we wrote that song right after, right after the pandemic. And we noticed a lot of people were kind of like seeking refuge back in their hometowns, like, you know, leaving New York or leaving L.A. or whatever, like leaving their big cities that they're living in uh, and going back home. And one of those things when you're in those kind of moments, you find yourself confronted with like rekindling old relationships and having to maybe see someone that you haven't seen in a while or that love that you're like, damn, I really did like have feelings for her. You know, you see her at the, at the local store and you're like, uh, man, that meant something. So we were like, how do we write about that? Right? Like, how do we can convey that in a song? And with back road, we felt like we nailed it on the head because, you know, sometimes it's not about falling in love at like the Eiffel tower in Paris or some New York city penthouse, you know, not that there's like anything wrong with doing that, but in a more honest way, especially for like country music fans, it's like sometimes just a old river and a blanket or a water tower, <laughs> wine or a water tower. You know what I mean? And and just and that's I felt like there's something honest about that, uh, and, and we wanted to deliver something that kind of captured that. Um, and I felt like Back Road, we did that. Danny and I, we, we captured that. And then you know, coming up here later on in the spring, you've got your second one. Strawberry daiquiris. You've been teasing it kind of on social media a little bit, and and so forth. It's got a little bit of a different vibe than Backroads. It is. It's it's still in that nostalgic love vein because uh, it's basically kind of like an ode to uh, an old like happily married couple, right? That basically is like, man, where's time? Where's time gone? Like, how's it gotten away from us? Uh, and because when when the lovers look at each other, they still see each other on spring break that first time. And and so we were like, man, how do we write a song about that? And that is uh, that's Strawberry Daiquiri's man in the whole. You have to stay tuned to kind of get the whole the whole thing. But it's cool. We got this video that we're shooting in April, the very very beginning of April, uh, down in Orange Beach. Matter of fact, some of the shots will be um, at the Wharf Amphitheater in Orange Beach, where we're doing a cheerleading show, uh, the cheerleading competition show at. Uh, but we've got this amazing old couple they're probably in their 70s and the video for this one because i don't know i just was like man this one can't just be like me in it the whole time like i don't want that i don't feel like that would do it justice i want to have a real couple that has fallen in love and been married for 20 30 40 years and and kind of give them like a trip to the beach and follow them along as to like how that's you know how that would impact kind of sparking up something old um, cause that's what the song's about. So, and I can't wait to shoot this video. It's, they've been sending me treatments and updates and I'm like, dude, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. 
Well, and, and I've gotten a, a little early preview of the song, and, and I really, really love it. And now, now I got to ask: are, Were you a fan of Strawberry Daiquiris before this, or have you had to have a few oh, now bro, that you've written yeah, it? <laughs> I was probably like six, seven years old. Like, give me a strawberry daiquiri, uh, a virgin one, I guess. You know. <laughs> but then, uh, but then, yeah, dude, that that's I'm a beach dude through and through. I mean, like I'm all about the islands, you know. Like <laughs> that's that's me, dude. My goal is to one day, one day, be able to sell enough records. To have just like a little sailboat down in the Caribbean and just fish and write songs, you know, on an old beat up guitar. Those are good dreams. Those are good dreams. And you're chasing your purpose, right? I mean, you're chasing your purpose. Exactly. (laughs) And and these two songs are leading to Chase Your Purpose, which is the the album. Um, How's that coming along and, and how much fun has it been to work on that? Dude, it's been unreal. So Danny Rader and I have been we've been kind of co-collaborating on this. So Danny's basically like my big brother, my mentor, who's been helping me produce and write all these songs. Um, and it's literally just he and I, for the listeners, uh, for those who don't know who Danny may be, you know, he was, uh, he's got like 62 number ones to his name, three time ACM award winner. He's a currently Kenny Chesney's lead guitar player and band director. And so it's like unreal to be working with someone of his caliber. And plus, he's like seriously one of the super coolest dudes. He literally he looks like he looks like Brad Pitt, like like a, like a, a maybe a ten years ago what Brad Pitt may have been in his prime. That's Danny, except all these accolades. So it's it's unreal to work with a dude like him, you know. And we've been basically making this album for the last probably two years. We're about 12, 13 tracks deep, um, and we feel pretty confident with what we think would be the album. But the uh, the trick now is is kind of just seeing when's the right time to put it out because the landscape of releasing music in the last decade has changed so much where it's more about EPs and singles. And so when the timing's right, the album will come out later this year. But for now, stay tuned. We've got single after single after single and, and early EP that we'll be releasing that'll kind of go into support uh, the Chase Your Purpose album. Well, I was going to say, working with, with someone like Danny and having him take you under his wings, I mean, that's got to be awesome because, I mean, I know it's not just him that's kind of working on this album with you, too. You've had some other pre- pretty cool cool folks. I mean, that's got to say a lot uh, about some things. <laughs> oh, dude, it's sometimes I'll just be like, we'll be like after a session, we'll go, one of the things we like to do is go get Mexican food and a cold beer. Uh, and I'll just be like, dude, why are you doing it, man? Like, why are you why are you working with me like this? And he's just like, dude, I I'm in love with the music, man, and and uh, and I feel inspired the same way. And it goes back to that purpose, right? And you know, someone that has done this so much, uh, when you're in tune with something that's just like makes you feel connected to that early feeling, uh, it's just a different thing. And I was like, all right, I can buy in, I can believe that. <laughs> you know? I, I guess that 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 much I can make sense. Because other than that, it's like it doesn't make sense, dude. Like you're amazing. You literally work with anyone. So he's just, he's having as much fun as I am. And uh, that's my big brother, man. I love that guy. Well, and it's coming through on the songs. Cause like I said, back road is out now. If you haven't checked it out, do it. And then when strawberry daiquiris drops, you, you have to listen to it. And like when you're writing those songs, obviously sometimes it's like an idea. Like you said, you, you're, you're, you're thinking of things, trying to find, find that moment. How, how often is it something like that? Or maybe it's your kids or, or something like that. Where does that inspiration come from for songs? So, Lately, what we've been doing is, as I've kind of been this last year just doing a lot of promotions, I've found myself being kind of gone, like, more than I've ever been, which is kind of a weird thing for me these last few years. And 
it that's where I start to instead of leaning into something that might not be as productive, right? Like being upset that you're you're distraught a little bit about man, I've been gone for like a week or two and like my kids are calling me and and you start to feel like a like you're failing a little bit, it's really easy to kind of get tripped up on those emotions, right? And then leaning on things that you probably shouldn't lean on that or at least aren't that productive. And so I started going, when I feel like that, I know what to do. I'm going to get my guitar out. I'm going to get my notebook out. I'm going to get my laptop out. And I'm going to, you know, spend hours just diving into whatever that emotion is. And it's helped a lot. You know, uh, it's helped me stay on the straight and narrow for the last few years. And it's also helped me be able to create some of the songs I'm, I'm so proud of. And so when I come off of these weeks of promotions and we get our heads together when he's not on the road and I'm not on the road, you know, it just makes for just like this, like spontaneous combustion of just like songs being able to just take form uh, when otherwise, because if, I mean, I couldn't imagine if we were to like be told by like a label, like, Hey, you got these six weeks, go make an album, go write all these songs, go do this. And these are, you know, confines to stay within. I don't think that uh, we'd be able to do what we're doing. Um, and I think that's, what's honest about it. And, and I, I couldn't be more thankful for it. Well, and as we, we wrap up, you know, you, you talk about, you got some singles, you're, you're, you're doing the, the cheer tour and you're having a lot of, a lot of fun. What, what can folks expect from you here in 2023? A lot more music, uh, a lot more content. Uh, I've been blessed to be able to kind of step up with, uh, some companies that are going to help me kind of push more content out. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, just, uh, we got a lot of shows going on as well, uh, from, from Texas to the, uh, Gulf coast. East Coast, Upper East Coast. So definitely be looking out some uh, some shows to come to. And uh, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of it. And then it, I'm guessing a little bit of dance and gymnastics in between, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And if you come out to one of these shows and you say that you found me off of the Hops and Spirit podcast, I might just do a backflip for you. <laughs> All I right? hope someone does because I hope I want to. I just want to see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, Chase, thanks for, for sharing a drink with me, telling your story. And folks, like I said, be on the lookout for all of his new music. And, and thanks again, man. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I had a blast, man. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.